The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together, Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways unto whom I swear in my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 119, verses 81 through 96, on page 495. My soul hath longed for thy salvation, and I have a good hope because of thy word. Mine eyes long sore for thy word, saying, O when will thou comfort me? For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do I not forget thy statutes. How many are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou be avenged of them that persecute me? The proud have digged pits for me, which are not after thy law. All thy commandments are true. They persecute me falsely. O be thou my help. They had almost made an end of me upon earth, but I forsook not thy commandments. O quicken me after thy loving kindness, and so shall I keep thy testimonies of thy mouth. O Lord, thy word endureth forever in heaven. Thy truth also remaineth from one generation to another. Thou hast laid the foundation of the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinance, for all things serve thee. If my delight had not been in thy law, I should have perished in my trouble. I will never forget thy commandments, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, O save me, for I have sought thy commandments. The ungodly laid wait for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I see that all things come to an end but thy commandment is exceeding broad. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was, As it in, the was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. World without it. Amen. Here beginneth the 18th chapter of the first book of Samuel. Now when he had finished speaking to Saul,
The soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house any more. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his ar armor, even to his, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now it had happened as they were coming home, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul was very angry and the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied inside the house. So David played music with his hand, as at other times, but there was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. Now Saul was afraid of David, because the Lord was with him but had departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Therefore when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, because he went out and came in before them. Then Saul said to David, Here is my older daughter Merab. I will give her to you as a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, Let my hand not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. So David said to Saul, Who am I, and what is my life or my father's family in Israel? that I should be son-in-law to the king. But it happened at the time when Merab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given to Adriel, the Mehetalite, as a wife. Now Mishal, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. So Saul said, I will give her to him, that she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore Saul said to David a second time, You shall be my son-in-law today. And Saul commanded his servants, Communicate with David secretly, and say, Look, the king has delight in you, and all his servants love you. Now therefore become the king's son-in-law. 
So Saul's servant spoke those words in the hearing of David. And David said, Does it seem to you a light thing to be a king's son-in-law, seeing I am poor and lightly esteemed man? And the servants of Saul told him, saying, In this manner David spoke. Then Saul said, Thus you shall say to David, The king does not desire any dowry, but one hundred foreskins of the Philistines, to take vengeance on the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. So when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to become the king's son-in-law. Now the days had not expired. Therefore David arose and went, he and his men, and killed two hundred men of the Philistines. And David brought their foreskins, and they gave them in full count to the king, that he might become the king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him Mishal his daughter as his wife. Thus Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David, and that Mishal, Saul's daughter, loved him. And Saul was still more afraid of David. So Saul became David's enemy continually. Then the princes of the Philistines went out to war, and so it was whenever they went out that David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name became highly esteemed. Here endeth the first lesson. Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 16th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. He also said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him, and said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take your bill, and sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? So he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. So the master commended 
the unjust steward, because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit it to your trust, the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard all these things, and they derided him. And he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts. For what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is pressing into it. And it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one tittle of the law to fail. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery, and whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband commits adultery. Here ends the second lesson. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven 
and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, whose never-failing providence ordereth all things both in heaven and earth, we humbly beseech thee to put away from us all hurtful things, and to give us those things which are profitable for us, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us thy humble servants in all assaults of our enemy, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Just some quick thoughts about today's lessons. Um, you know, our Old Testament lesson here, we have Saul setting a very high bride price on his daughter, and it just... It makes me very glad when I went to ask my wife's father for permission to ask her to marry me, that he was just merely impressed with the fact that I drove all the way out to Riverside. And he did not set as high a price as Saul does for his daughters. And one of the reasons we see this thing, we should keep this in mind because Saul is trying to use the Philistines, the enemies of Israel, to get rid of someone who's inconvenient for him. He has this this jealousy and and fear of David. So he wants to to set David against the Philistines and have them take care of the problem. And it's interesting because we'll see later on where David does the same thing to somebody he wants to get rid of, Uriah the Hittite. But he does not leave anything to chance whereas Saul does. He just hoped that the problem will be, be taken care of. And there's another interesting connection in our Old Testament lesson here is, yesterday I talked about the, the re recurring theme of robes and, and clothing and how it started with Samuel as a child and continued on. And now we see Jonathan, the presumably the, the heir of Saul, his his son who becomes friends with david and gives him his robes which we can see as a symbol of 
essentially Jonathan giving up his birthright. He is has recognized something profoundly special and unique in David and believes in him in a way where whereas his father is fearful of him. And turning to our, our New Testament lesson here, this can be a difficult passage with the, the, the steward. And what is he doing and why is he a wise steward? And apparently what it seems like is that the, the, the servant's lord, his boss, is charging interest to some people. There, he, first of all, he's using wheat and oil as a way of getting around dealing with money and dealing with the Jewish prohibition against charging interest. And so the the wise steward, knowing that he's going to get fired, goes to these people and says, you know, write down the actual amount that you borrowed and not the the, the pumped up interest charges. Knowing that if he gets fired, one of these guys might take him in as a steward, seeing that he they he did him a solid. And so the Lord congratulates him because he's been trapped. He can't openly accuse these guys of cheating him because he was the one cheating them in the first place. And the whole point of the story is not about money necessarily. It is a parable. Jesus is using this to illustrate what the Pharisees have done to the Jewish law. They have become so zealous about the law that they have added all these other things on top of it that people have to do to be considered in good standing in order to be able to go to the temple and offer sacrifices they have added all these things to be, to fulfill all righteousness in order that the people don't break the smaller things so they've added all these things on top of them and jesus is saying that you have done this on your own this is, does not come from god you have to pare back this stuff because the whole point of our faith is to bring people closer and closer to God. It's not to keep them away, it's to bring them in. And so you've added too much stuff on here. And then finally he uses this as a way of pivoting to talk about their, the, essentially all people's indebtedness to money, how we, we are easily controlled by money. And there's an interesting connection here with what's happening in the New Testament and what Jesus is talking about. And we see it illustrated in the story of Saul. It's this connection to things, this need of humankind to possess things, to hold on to things, to, to make them their own as a main means of control. And we all know in our hearts this is an illusion. We are all going to die and everything that we have in this world is gone. We don't get to take any of the stuff with us. We're not like Vikings or pharaohs who get buried with all their stuff. We realize the, the silliness of this whole thing, that we don't go into the next world with all our things. And yet we still strive to collect them and hold on to them. Saul still wants to to hold on to the throne, even though he knows in his heart it does not belong to him, that it was a gift from God, 
and that he has lost favor with God, yet he still tries to hold on to it. And so that makes him paranoid about David, someone he sees who has all the qualities of someone who should be sitting on the, the throne and leading his people, yet he can't let go. Just as, and the same thing happens to us with money, that money is a, a, a means of exchange and it's also a means of security. But the ironic thing is, is that the more we try to possess more and more, more money, the less and less secure we become in ourselves. So just some thoughts about today's lessons. We continue with the prayer for all conditions of men on the bottom of page 18. O oh God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend Finally, to we thy commend fatherly to goodness fully. all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their sovereign necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ.